It's our most unhinged moments in the seconds before we start recording. I was over here just shaking my head like, no. (laughs) Go fuck. (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram, basically. I mean, you know the deal. Anywhere you're getting a good book, we want to talk about it. I'm Caitlin, joined by my hosts, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. Hi. Lots of synchronized. Hi. I want to say it's because we've been doing the podcast for so long, but I think this is just us from before (laughs) the podcast. It's just who we are. Uh, Well, we are back today to round out the Crowns of Nyaxia series in book two. So today we are talking about the Ashes and the Star-Cursed King. For some reason, my brain had a hard time reading that, and I was like, I'm going to mess this up. But we got it. The Ashes and the Star-Cursed King. So this is book two in the Crowns of Nyaxia series. And if you haven't read book one, obviously we're going to have spoilers from book two because we can't keep anything secret. So don't ruin it for yourself if you don't want to know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) We're terrible at secrets. So bad. It's not us. Not us. At work, someone would be like, oh, here's a secret. And I'd be like, Bridget, I'm coming on over. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a highlight of my day. Want to go get coffee? That's the key when you're like that. Really was it? Good gossip. She'd be like, "Hey, let's go into the kitchen real quick." I'll be like, "Ooh, tell me more." What do we have on the radar before we get into what happened in this book and our thoughts and feelings? We wanna we're doing our shout outs first off the get go. As a reminder, our ever diligent Spotify queen Hilda pops over there once a week to drop you guys the really hard hitting questions that we want answers to. Hilda, what was the question we were talking about today? It was about the uh, – from Blood and Ash. We had a couple of responses on that one. Oh, it was, do you like the current Poppy cast Kieran dynamic or are you as creeped out as the hosts, the hosts being us? Yes. And um, we had a couple of fucking feelings on this, so let's get into that. First, on that note, we had heard from Claudia and she said she absolutely hates it. What is the point of Poppy and Cass being heartmates if they're also going to throw Kieran in there? She gave up on G- JLA before The oh, War of Two Queens. Thank you. I'm like, T-W-O-T-Q. <laughs> what is this one? <laughs> and just listen to our recaps. Yay. Thanks, Claudia. I mean, uh, I feel bad for JLA because we're kind of stealing her business, but like. Well, no, we're not. Homegirl's well, doing great, which we're going to talk about in a minute because I think we predicted something and it came true. Oh, gosh. Uh, like I know. <laughs> um. I- But she said she's not a fan when it's just adding a third person to existing couples since it tends to create weird dynamics. In this case, though, Patrocles and Helen should ditch Achilles since he's an asshole. (laughs) So maybe this wasn't that exact question that I'm reading now that I'm reading it back. Claudia, I appreciate your thoughts and feedback. It's relevant either way. Maybe she answered two questions. Maybe she did. (laughs) We just went through two different series. If you are not aware of these character names, one is from... From Blood and Ash, and the other series is the Dark Olympus series by Katie, Katie Roberts. Robert. Yeah, she also answered, how do you feel about the Helen Achilles Patroclus triangle? Which makes more sense. Chemistry? <laughs> that's not on you, Claudia. That's that's the copy That's piece. on me. It's actually, <laughs> it's on me. I, assuming she also mentioned her why choose? Yes. She answered the first question. She's the first person that actually answered it, I think. Which, in case you're wondering, it's Reese is number one, Lance Ryan number two, Rowan Whitehorn number three, and Jamie Frazier 
from Outlander, number four. And I say that is a solid choice. That's a That's solid a very item. solid list. Very solid list. That's like all – it's the greatest hits. <laughs> you have a little bit of different flavors in each one. You, you know I-, I like a well-seasoned white shoes. Different flavors. What? To get hit by all those hits. Uh, also, guys, we haven't even started drinking yet. <laughs> what do you think we haven't started? I'm you, like my second glass. I've been lit since the Maybe nail salon. <laughs> High off those fumes. <laughs> also, want to give a shout out to O2 Sally, also on Spotify. Uh, I assume this is answering a JLA question. She said, I am mm-hmm. totally with it. I have been a JLA fan for years, and honestly, this is her most popular series, but not her best. Well, her not her best written. Poppy and Karen never had the brother-sister relationship that you think, which they made me stop and think because I was like, maybe it's maybe that's the relationship we wanted them to have. But maybe it's not what how like how much them. we were projecting. Right. I always so I always felt that they had brother-sister. And I will well, I'm not gonna die on that hill because I don't think JLA is worth dying over, said what I said. But I always thought that they had that dynamic, and so it creeps me out now that he's been secretly lusting after her all this time. I don't know if he was necessarily lusting, but he was not just turning a blind eye. But for me, I don't know if I should be calling it brother sister vibes, but it was more like, oh, friend zone. You're, yeah, basically. So you know when you're in like you have like two guys and their best friends, and their girlfriend comes, uh, one of them gets mm-hmm. a girl, mm-hmm. and she became, becomes the honorary best friend. So she becomes the third person in the group. But That's it's just like strictly, that. Yep. the first two are in the relationship, her and her boyfriend, and then the best friend becomes like the honorary best friend of both of them. Isn't there like, a Twitter song for this? The one, Steve? It's me and you and you and your friend, Steve. Do, 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 yeah, do, but it's Steve. TikTok. I don't man. know this, but I love this. Steve and your friend Steve. I don't know this, and I'm kind of sad that I don't. Also, want to shout out Sleepless Songbird. She answered the Why Choose question instead of the Why Choose list is about wonderful men. Then heck yes, Hilda should have Wrath on her list, and that would be Wrath from the Kingdom of the Wicked. Thank you, thank you. I almost said Kings of Quarantine, but that's I haven't that's even read another, that, so yeah. I don't know why that came to me. I mean, there's a K in there, King. Uh, you know, I've been, drink- I've been drinking. Quarantine I've been drinking. can sound like W. I, I'll, give I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. To round out our last list of Spotify questions, I want to give a shout out to Paige B. She thinks that maybe, and this is, sorry, switching gears from JLA back to Crescent City. She thinks maybe it wasn't consensual between Mordock and Sabine because Mordock is the worst. All caps. I agree. And number two. She cannot watch TikTok without with Lily in it without sobbing. I'm like, have you seen her TikTok? Because I made one and I was like, weeping. no, she's talking about the same one. Because I was same like, one? Page B. I was like, that name sounds so familiar. And I went just went on TikTok and checked it. And she's the one who's like been interacting with our stuff. Hey, Page B. I appreciate. Love you long time. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate when our fans who comment on all of our stuff just. I know like, full Thanks, circle guys. moment here. You know, we spend a lot of time making these contacts, making these podcasts, taking our notes. We are journalists, or trying to be. So we appreciate it. Did you say journalists? That's a far. We're journalists, ma'am. We are basically not doing a thing, and will not learn a pronunciation. We're like old school, like doing book reports in school. Basically, <laughs> that's more equivalent. It is more like uh, I forgot I had a book report, and <laughs> we're gonna wing it. I appreciate you setting such a high expectation for us, and you're like you're manifesting it for us. That we're journalists? Uh, 
Yeah, but I definitely feel like a fourth oh, grader writing a book. Yeah, yeah, part. for sure, for sure. Yeah. So yes, thank you. That that Lily TikTok, I've had that in my brain for a while, but I couldn't find the song, and I was like, oh. And if you're wondering what are you guys talking about, it's the Pedro Pascal where he's like laughing and then he's crying, and it's like the sad music. And you're like, Lahaba, R.I.P. Queen. My friends are with me, and I'm not afraid. Uh, to round it out, she would also die of happiness if Lance Orion dragged her to the bottom of the pool. So clearly, Hilda's bestie on this. You're my new bestie, Paige. You know it. Well, that rounds out our shout-outs for today. You guys can always hop over to Spotify, answer any of the questions we have up. They don't have to be the newest question. They can be some of the greatest hits that we've had up. So we love to see you guys engaging there, and we love to give you a shout-out and talk about your thoughts and feelings because, you know, we always have thoughts and feelings. With that said, one last request, gang. If you could please head on over to Apple uh, Podcasts and give us a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate it. We are growing our fan base and the Book Talk Made Me fandom so fast, and we'd love to get ahead of all of our friends that are reading these books and these romantic series and just be able to interact with more of you. So we'd greatly appreciate it. Appreci- oh, that was weird. Greatly appreciate if you could pop on over there. With that said, we've got the shout outs. We've got a rating and review. Let's get into this book, shall we? Now, I want to issue. It. Say it again, Hilda, so we can just edit Let's that out. Let's do it. I talked over you. Hold on one more time. Let's do it. There we go. That's the spirit. Wait, hold on. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that closer to the Caitlin? <laughs> That's closer. Appreciate that. Before we get into it, or as we get into it, I want to issue a quick correction because last episode we said that we thought the Crowns of Nyaxia was refreshingly just only a finished series as a duology. And that's kind of only sort of true. The, the core Crowns of Nyaxia series will actually be six books total split into three duologies. Books one and two, which we've already read, center around the Nightborn duo, the Nightborn Kingdom. Um, after that, books three and four are their Shadowborn duo following the House of Shadow. And books five and six are the Bloodborn duo following the House of Blood. The main plot point spans all six books. So up to this point, I believe just one and two are out. I think three comes out in 2024 springtime. So more yeah. to come there. So we really <laughs> – we're looking at six books. We thought We thought it was just two. But it's kind of nice that they're, like, contained in their little duos. I kind of like that refreshing take. I appreciate that very much. If the Shadowborn duo is about Mishi or Misha, I'm in it. I'm in it. It is. It. it is. I could give a flying fuck about Septimus and the Bloodborne. Like, you were about to fuck, say Sewer again. Like, fuck those guys. I don't care about them. You're not curious with, like, his shaky hand and his, like, little cigar box? No, I hope he dies a horrible and painful death. I mean, he's going to die. He's going to. I mean, what if he ends up being like the anti-hero? I would like that. You know I love a we anti-hero do. reverse arc. So in addition to those six books we talked about, the Nyaxia world will also include two standalones um, as of today, which is the Six Scorched Roses, which is a novella, and then Slaying the Vampire Conqueror, which is a full length. Ooh, I do like that name. That's like... A good name. Slaying the Vampire Conqueror? Yeah. Now, I don't know if that one's out, but I do know Six Scorch Roses is, and that features Vale and Lilith. It's their backstory. So if you want more of this world, head on over to that book. 
I saw someone recommend that reading the novella, that specific novella, between books one and two, so you get introduced to Vale and Lilith before you start book two. Things we didn't really research beforehand. Like I just saw it on TikTok yesterday after I finished the book, and I was like, great. Would have been great to know. You know, I would have – I would have done that because I feel like we got a little taste of them, but I wasn't – you could tell they weren't important char- characters with backstory, but I wasn't I wasn't as involved with them because I feel like maybe they were purposely kind of kept away, purposely kind of not um, established because you had that other book. I just didn't know about that. So if you've read it, would love to know your thoughts and feelings on this. Please head on over to booktalkmeandme underscore pod on Instagram or TikTok and let us know what you guys thought on this. Maybe we should add it back in to the the old schedule which changes on the regular <laughs> so now that, that quiz correction is over hilda did you have something no sorry i'm okay. just touching my face because no habits. worries i couldn't tell if you were like <laughs> I, I have thoughts let's get into our thoughts and feelings before we get into a recap and then recap and go into a deep dive on the main the main plot points so bridget do you want to go first i do and i don't like I don't know. All right, Hilda. Um. Okay. Thought or number one. No, I can. I okay. I go pull it up. Where? Where? Where are my emotional blue balls? They I'm do not exist. Enthusiastically, I feel like I should have them, but I don't. I feel like we could discuss that further. But there's, there's, we know. I think we like Rain and Oriya because we know we're supposed to like them. But we don't really like like them. I think it's we just don't care about them. It's not that we don't yeah. like them. Like I'm not invested in the, their love story. Yeah, there was even a hot spring scene. And you guys know I love a hot hot spring scene. It's the springs and caverns and caves. Like they all. It's do the really same like thing. any no, scene involving water. This one, I was like, and this one was what? Just like, I was like, meh. Like, can we pretend to at least have hygiene? Like just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, that was another point. That was another point. That I had. They literally swim around and shit. You know when it happens? <laughs> then they like, you're taking a bath and you're basically just sitting in a soup of your dirty water, yes. right? But they're in a spring sitting in a soup of everyone's dirty water. And to top it off, everyone just came from like the sewer system. It kicked on to them for two weeks or a week. And then they just like rinsed off really quickly. Like, Nobody I'm sorry. Nobody said anything about soap. <laughs> no, they just dived in and shaked it out. I don't know. What are they, a dog? Did they just shake off the mud or muck? You know, like- to all this point, they swam in that river of shit to get under the castle. They flew for a week and then baked, they just – Baked in the desert sun. They like marinated and then popped into the desert oven and like <laughs> cooked and it was for like a long time. A dip. Like a dip. You know what I mean? They just like they just like you know when we put your hands no, in the water no. at the nail salon, you're like, we're just dipping our toe fingers in and then we're taking Mm-mm. them out. Mm-mm. That's that's all they did. Like there was no scrubbing. There was no washing no them caked on no with just like grime and residue and like that muck. And you know when you're doing dishes and you really have to like scrub at your pants? Like I'm assuming that's the layer that would have been needed for them to get clean. But nope, just one little dip in the water. I mean, fine, it was hot water, but still. this, this There was this, no bleach. After was- that, they needed bleach. All of them needed to take some medicine to get whatever it is out of their system that they might have accidentally ingested, like sewer water. 
Ugh. This was this was this is worse than swamp ass. <laughs> Way yeah, because Hunt liked the swamp ass. <laughs> Way worse. This is like a tertiary clean, not even tertiary, like a a very basic level wetness. And then we're like, hey, I'm marinating this stink for a while. Get on in there. Like, ugh, yeah. We're not we're not putting our best foot forward with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um, yeah. So we all had the same thought about that. I was a little sad that Jasmine and Vincent never got it on. I don't know. No, I felt like okay, so like have expecting that in a flashback because he's already done. I was expecting it more like when Jasmine and Oriah were talking, and Jasmine would be like, "Yeah, we were together." I definitely got the vibe that they never were. Oh, she said that they were. No, oh, yeah. Oh, she did. Okay, yeah. yeah. This is what happens when I listen. When I listen, I I listen so to a lot of this. In the book first book, they hinted. It. In the first book, they hinted that um they were together, and that's what caused Araya to be a little jealous of the fact that her father was splitting attention between her and the commander. Whatever. I thought they were is. just flirty. They were was flirty like, and fucky. Like a word flirty in the like in the scene, but then the comments that were made around it and her jealousy made it seem like it was more, but then it was confirmed, confirmed in this book. Oh right. yeah, so no, it I was around it. um I think Areo was basically asking her, Did you know all this information I just found out? And she's like, Oh, why? Because I was fucking him. I should have known all the information. And that's how you kind of got to that. So on the I flip side, I actually was I don't know why I wanted to see this, but like I was very curious to like the passion levels between Vincent and her mom. Like some hot. It seemed like a very working relationship, but I'm just saying it could have been some more. Oh no, there. I think that was like a very passionate relationship. Well, could have well, used it. I could have given a flying fuck about Rain's nobles. So when this betrayal happened, like I really didn't care. Fuck this Karis guy. Yeah, he cares about this person. Maybe if we had read the novella about Lillian and Vale, we would have cared that he thought Vale was possibly going to betray him, uh, but he didn't. Like, if it had been Misha, that would have been devastating. That would have been a good twist. And I'm so I'm really glad it wasn't her. Oh, um, well. and there was a couple of times there that I was a little nervous that it was her. Yeah, because um, she was giving, like, skittish cat vibes. And I was like, girl, well, calm down. Are you about to betray everyone? Yeah, but, like, I didn't, like, I didn't care. I figured it was going to work out, and it kind of did. Um, I also don't feel like we got to know his inner circle that well. We can talk about that no, more. No, we didn't. But I just, like, I didn't, like, who is Karis? Karis who? Where'd you pop like, up Honestly, from? I kept getting him and the other person that was, like, and Vail. his next. Oh, Ketura. No, not Vale. The other. Yeah, I kept getting those two characters mixed up because I was like, wait, which one's, like, running your stuff and which one's, like, basically your commander? I, I don't know. It was just confusing. It was really confusing. Care. I'm kind of sad that the Shadowborn Prince was a dick to Misha and like it wasn't like a love lost connection. I thought the next series, the next duology in the series was going to be about those two. I thought it was going to be some spiciness. Oh, <laughs> that would have been yeah. good. She just went gone. For right like, reasons. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to murder you, but I'm also going to, you know. Imagine you. if we could have murdered every guy we ghosted. Or every guy that ghosted us, ever. Oh, well, kind of fun. There's been a lot less assholes walking around, so that's... That's true. That's true. It's really, it's um, like, a, we're doing our duty, you know? We are. We're doing the world a favor. Like, Aurea ridding the vampires from the human realm. The world is overpopulated, and men are just, eh. 
Who needs them? And then ultimately, I was kind of disappointed how this ended. Me too. So like the goddesses show up and then the bloodborne flee and that's it. It felt very anticlimactic considering this entire book was high stakes. Yeah. And now it's just like, well, Nyaxia is mad at you. Watch out. I think, and I put this in my notes as well, is that I would have preferred her to reach out to the other god first and try to make like a deal behind Nyaxia's back. And then Nyaxia come in storming and saying like, oh, I don't approve of this. Like, this is not happening. And the gods say, well, fuck it. It's already done. And then her have her whole new vengeance plan for the upcoming series. I didn't love that Nyaxia was basically like, well, I can't. Well, I can, but I don't want to. But another god can. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And I was like. But now I'm mad at you for you asking that god. Yeah, it just seemed a bit silly. And I was like, why did I waste 600 pages to get to here? And also, I want to know about the Cortez bond. And I, and I have this in my notes too, so we can talk about it even more. But also, I feel like that bond happened and then everyone just like, the battle was over. Oh, like, yeah. We just I was like, woke well, they woke up, up in the like, next scene and they're in the past palace. And I was well, like. Well, it's because apparently everybody saw the goddesses, the power and of the they goddesses. Fled. And they were like, oh, shit, that's oh, not good. Oh, okay. So I was like, what? How did yeah, I just on the like, end of the war? war? What happened here? Before she passed out, I wish there would have been like a, a line or like two lines that said that like she was hearing the chaos of the battle and then everything like quieted before she passed out. So she knew that like battle was over. I don't know. There's just a lot of things I think could have it was weird. been a little different to make it just a tad bit better. I think the best part of the ending was Vincent, of course, and her conversation mm-hmm. in the cave. I do want to say, I don't know if it's because I took so long to read this. It took me roughly like a week and a half. So long. Um, which is kind of, well, that is long for me. It took me a week. Um, so yeah, no, I'm on the same pace. It felt, it kind of felt like two different books. I want to say me? yes, but also I think every time we took a turn in this book, and I, when I say a turn, it's not really a turn. It's like a slight pivot because it felt like we were at high stakes throughout the entire book. And it was like, okay, boom. They're heading off into like the battle to in the city and they're already saying, oh, no matter what happens, there's no point coming back for the tent because we know we're either going to die or we're going to be living in our city. Nothing happens, right? Boom. And we're another high stakes situation. But it was weird that there are so many of those, yet the book felt so fucking long. Like why? If everything's supposed to be going boom, 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 why was this book so long? I think we can all agree this one was a bit slower and it was especially hard to keep going in the 30 to 50 percent this book um but it's that's not just us being overly harsh even Carissa the author herself has said this one was a slower pace compared to the high uh intensity of the Kajari in the first book so I think if you struggled reading this, you're not alone because we all struggled. Like, we really struggled with this. And I think I was a little disappointed because I really wanted to like it as much as I liked the first one. But on to the rest of my thoughts. So slowness aside, and this is my one hill to die on, but I really enjoyed it. And I want to keep calling him Raheem in my notes. And I just left it as just a plain old rain. Like, I'm not even going to put an H in this man's name. It's just rain because my brain keeps going Raheem. So I love that rain is a clear full-on man at 32 and he was not some like 20 year old baby face they mentioned it several times in the beginning of this book and i really enjoyed that he was a seasoned full-on man not just again some baby face little guy who's been around for thousands of years or a pretty face 
A pretty face, yes. He's like a rugged cowboy. You know, that's how I kind of picture him. And now on to Aurea. Do I like her? And I know you talked about this earlier. I'm meh about her. I feel like her only personality trait was anger. Like, that's all we saw from her. She was (laughs) just angry. Mad all the time. Mad all the time. And I'm like, are my standards too high? Like, is it is it me that just was annoyed she's by no, this? She's no Aelin. I know. I guess. That's initially what I thought in my head. But I'm like, I can't compare everyone back to an SJM series. So, like, I don't know. No, she wasn't. She was very, she was very one-dimensional for being the heroine. Because it was like, okay, yes, we know. You have a lot of trauma. Absolutely. And totally have a, even though he loved you, you have a fucked up relationship with your dad major daddy issues but you're just you're angry all the time like and i wouldn't say that there was necessarily a lot of character growth was her character growth supposed to be i love rain so i'm letting somebody else in it just it it, i feel like a little bit no i agree but also i feel like there's a lot of like generational trauma in this book and i don't think she was actually fully supposed to heal and move on and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why people like this book so much. I don't think she was necessarily supposed to heal fully. I think her little bit of growth that she did have was a lot compared to what could have been, I guess. It's so hard to explain because I, I, I saw the way that Vincent loved her. And I saw the way that he thought he was doing what was best, even though it was hurting her. And he was so afraid because at the end of the day that's what Vincent was he was afraid old man who was trying to be better than his own father but ended up being not that much better mm-hmm. and when she tells him and when they have like their whole like scene together at the very end of the book and she's seeing the flashbacks and she's pissed and she's upset because the man that she knew at the beginning of the series is not the man that she currently knows and she is trying to comprehend being uh, t- not comprehend to digest the fact that she's mad at him. She hates the person that she's seeing, but at the end of the day, he did love her. And she has to be that person that says, when he says, I tried. And for her to say it was not enough, that hits home for a lot of people because mm-hmm. you don't want to hurt your parents saying that, but you have to recognize that whatever they did, even if it was with good intentions, it did not play out the way that they thought and they ended up having more trauma and to mm-hmm. deal with. So it's like a continuous cycle because you know Vincent was trying to be better than his dad who literally was just killing everyone off, like his siblings and stuff like that because of power. And they were vicious and they were not caring. So Vincent made very small strides from what his family was doing, but it just still wasn't enough. Very strong I get point. that. Very strong um, point. And we'll get back into relationships a little bit more, but you really touched on a lot there. And I think that uh, I think that's what made Vincent one of my favorite characters in this book because we really saw his full arc of dimension from crazy nightborn king who killed everyone to I actually love this person I shouldn't actually love. And I love the duality that he saw. I still don't love him, but I understand. I understand him. Yes. I love him because in my head, he's Alexander Skarsgård. Not because okay, he's so I like do wanna... noble or anything. Who plays characters that are very complex in the same way. Very complex. Um, And very, he's very hot, so. Love him. And he's a vampire. And And he's a blonde. So, So Hilda, I thought the fan art, I'm like, oh, Vincent's a daddy. 
was not actually Vincent. I don't know who I saw. This man had red hair. And I when I saw that he was a blonde, I'm like, wait, who did I see? Did you see a Russian? Mate, probably. <laughs> he had no scar, no eye. But I was just like, who? Who did I see then? I don't think like Rain's scar is as like prominent as everybody thinks. I think it's just like a little, like a little, little knife shape. Normally vampires are just like porcelain and flawless, and he just has like a little scar. Again, he's a rugged think- cowboy. That's what I like. Uh, so back to back to some thoughts. Now we talked about crazy cousin. Did we talk about her? I'm not even sure. We, we, did. we talked about no. it in the pre-show. But there's a point where we and we're gonna talk all about it later. But where they go to visit her. Um, Aurea's crazy cousin, and I would love to see the journey to visit her cousin play out in a TV show. So you know I'm always like, this would be a great TV show. This would be a great TV show. I truly feel this would be a good TV show. Like, I would watch the hell out of this. And when you visit a decrepit city, and the first person you meet is a child servant in old-timey clothes, like, you in danger, girl. Like, we, this is not good. And I just loved that that set up the crazy-ass antics that we saw following this visit it was the makings of a horror movie and again i'd watch the hell out of that and i, I stand by that i think both books and series make a good show and i think you could play it out to make like a, like a maybe four seasons you know but now that i know that it's six books it's got more legs and neither here nor there that girl is batshit crazy with her tiny creepy vampire children and we're gonna get into that i loved how crazy she was i want to say if anyone has seen queen of south that's currently on netflix it's about like the drug cartel and this girl, she's trying to like source her drugs and she goes to Colombia and she falls in with this like, it's like this community that like brings people in and like they become worshipers of this guy who's also a drug dealer. And when she passes out, like she has to go through a process to become like trustworthy and they give her the drugs and she goes to, like this whole mental like psychological thing. And there was like these little kids that belong to the community that were also like the errands like the errand boy and girl and would like bring her or meet her and they would wear like just some like run down clothes and a freaky fucking mask and I was like oh my god this is literally the same scene that I'm seeing in my head yes I agree it's so creepy now let's get into septic tank septimus I wish we had more time to understand the danger he possessed because in the beginning we're like yeah you're kind of weird I think there's some creepiness there he was mysterious and creepy for 90% of it. Then he was the main baddie and then he vanished. And I don't feel like we really got a full understanding of why he's just so bad or like why he's so evil. I just. I mean, I want to say, so obviously we don't like him. Is he that evil? He has this like disease that cannot be cured. Mm-hmm. He knows he's going to be turned into a monster and he believes in this ancient prophecy that one of his parents' children is going to be able to save the kingdom. Watch him be the new Reese. I was just saying. I was just because thinking that as everyone thinks he's head. a bad guy. And he's been pulling the strings behind scenes for how long now? Not like... Yeah, but he's not likable. Everybody outside of Nightcore does not think Reese is likable. They think he's a monster because he has a persona. I, get, I don't... There's, there's one thing... I don't know. I don't know. I don't find... I... Like, I understand the character of Septimus. I do not find him compelling enough that I want to read more about him. Yet, we still have two more books to go through before we get to his house. I feel like he lost his chance. His chance was in this book. Instead, we got introduced to Simon. Which was really annoying because halfway through the book, 
like they kept saying Simon, Simon, Simon. And I knew who Simon was from the beginning. And then I knew his friend betrayed Rain, right? So then I thought like for a second there, they kept talking about the friend that betrayed him. And then suddenly that friend just like fell off the face of the planet. And all they were talking about was Simon and Septimus and Simon and Simon and SNS. And I was like, who the fuck is Simon? So I had to like backtrack and remember who Simon was. It was annoying. It was uh, it was annoying, and I, I want to talk touch more about that, but I completely agree. So let's get into a quick little recap to bring you guys up to speed on oh, kind of what happened. <laughs> I never went through my top thoughts. My you bad, did. You kind of did. Yeah. Oh, no. You have one more thought. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, my last and final thought was well, – I have two. I have one comment, which is something I really hate when the first book is a slow burn, and then they get together. They Something happens at the end of the book, and then the next book starts over with the slow burn – that's just annoying. Like, let's not do that. Last random thought slash question. What happened to the creepy minister? Did anyone figure out what happened to him? You're the only one who cares about the minister. Because <laughs> he, I feel like he was directly correlated to Nyaxia and she turns out to be the evil bitch. Yeah, nobody cares about the minister. Fine. Nobody does. Someone out there has to be wondering what this creepy fool is up to. <laughs> it's you. You're the one wondering. You're the one. Anyone I, else out there, send us a DM. I did want to quickly add to you. I had actual tears during Vincent's retelling uh, in, of his history in the caves mm. during the battle, and my heartstrings, they were pulled. I guess I'm just a sucker for the father, the love of a father and his daughter, or like the, the makings of one. And I made the mistake of reading this during my lunch break, and then I had to be <laughs> camera off for a meeting because I was so red and splotchy. It's like I cannot come to, to this. This is such a great story. I texted Hilda. I'm like, you're in this meeting because I cannot, I cannot be fully present <laughs> in my current state. Um, but Hilda, oh Hilda, Bridget, I think you had another good point too about that Oriah found her aunt. Oh yes, I completely forgot about this. I was so happy that she found some family outside of Vincent in this series. So she finds her aunt. It turns out her aunt lived in a separate city and that's why she's still alive. And we get the background information about the mom and that how she was a magic wielder. Wielder. Uh, there we go. A- Acacia. Which is the god, right? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is the other goddess with the ten fingers on so each hand. Which super... I want to talk about because that, that freaks me the hell out. That was she was very powerful in her craft and she was such a badass like she was like i'm gonna go make a name for myself we can do more than this and i mean granted she ended up in vince's hands but she did try and she was badass enough to leave that motherfucker when he was being a dick so kudos to you girlfriend um and the aunt remembered her and was like oh i remember you and she remembered her immediately as well but then we find out that they have like this little human group that's kind of been rebelling as well. And they offer their forces to her because they, the, her and Rain have been protecting the humans. I was like, damn, I all know. that work done good. Done good. You done good. We covered off a lot of points in that top. So good on us for getting into our thoughts and feelings right on off the bat. I do want to do a quick little recap to catch you guys up to speed. Very, she's only four points. So at the beginning of this book, Aurea is back at the castle after the Kajari. She's the presumed queen. Rain is the king of the Nightborn. They both have their air marks after Rain killed Vincent. And remember, his little make-a-wish moment from Nyaxia was to restore his power of the full Rasheen line. And when he did that, his own hair mark, he pulling a hair mark, his own air mark 
became very apparent, which he had tried to burn off his back, which I think is kind of sad. Um, mark though, is great. Disgusting, but great. Hairmark. <laughs> Can you imagine if it was like a weird, like, sculpted... Hair pattern. Yeah. So, so weird. weird. Um, so when his own airmark came apparent, he killed Vincent in truly a kill or be killed move because everyone's so concerned with power. And uh, Aurea, after Vincent was killed, became um, Vincent's heir, which was a major shock because she's human. So that leaves us with a Rishan turned vampire ruling over the Nightborn Kingdom and his human queen. So not the dream team that the rest of the vampire world was hoping for. Aurea is really in the throes of her grief after losing her father and is coming to terms with a new position in the castle. She's free, but also not free. And she's reconciling the two sides of her father, the man that loved her and then the man that ruled her kingdom. And she's really, this part was a little heavy to read. And she's also struggling to reconcile the love, the lust she felt for Rain during the Kajari and then the immediate betrayal where she killed her dad, stole her kingdom, and then allied with their sworn enemy, the Bloodborne, to stage a coup. So, a lot that's, to unpack there. That's trauma, mama. <laughs> that's trauma, mama. It's like, when you say it like that, this is why the book was 600-something pages. Yeah, she had there was a lot to deal with. Um, but Rain, in an attempt to save her from the dangers that this new power shift brings, he married her. In a very, I will say, unromantic wedding ceremony. And I kind of wish, I kind of wish at the end of this book, they went back and were like, we're really, because they were really lovey-dovey at the end. And they're like a better couple person to each other. And I wish they like redid their wedding ceremony because she was, like, she was not there. Like, if you see seen Outlander, you know, when Claire marries Jamie for the first time and she's kind of like, I'm not fully here. That's how I felt like she was. I want to say it did end up happening at the very end because she gives like they redo their vows basically and she says to give your heart, yes. which During was the, the part ca- of the vows. Ka- karate. That- I want to say karate. Bond. Yes. Karate. <laughs> okay. I want to say Croatia. I'm like, that's not it. Croatia. During the bond ceremony, she does redo those bonds, but I kind of wanted them to like relive that moment in a true and authentic way. Anywho. So Rain is trying to get a handle on ruling, keeping everyone in line. Septimus, you know, is revealed to actually be calling the shots. And he believes Vincent was in a position of in possession. Vincent was in possession of some god blood, which would have made the holder have some crazy unknown power. We also find out that Araya can wield Vincent's stuff, for lack of a better word, like his seeing mirror he, she can unlock doors um because she is linked to his blood so heretofore she has his blood and also heretofore vincent we learn was her biological father and so because septimus found that knowledge he wants Aurea to go out and seek the god blood because he believes that vincent would have keyed it to his blood or power locked it in some way shape or form and to quote sjm like calls to like so from that point on the group the Scooby Wait, Gang. Can I just say you left out the really important point? What? <laughs> or the disturbing point. Septimus has god teeth. He's looking for the god blood to go with the god teeth. That's true. What? That's the so fuck? true. I, I have that later when we get to. I'm like, I. God teeth. As you're saying it. I was, like, trying to envision what that pendant would look like along with the teeth embedded into that guy's, like, chest. And I was chest? like, ew. Like a mouth? I don't know. Anyway, I have questions on this because of a later point I make. 
So we're going to circle back to this. But yes, uh, yes, Septimus has god teeth just hanging around. Like maybe he like lost his baby teeth. That's what these are. I don't know. And he wants to find the god blood. And so from there on out, the group is on the hunt for the, the god blood. There is a coup we learned about. We already kind of talked about that. And then ultimately, Aurea meets her aunt. She rallies the whole group and the humans and the different vampire lines in the resistance together to go fight Septimus, the bloodborne, for control of their kingdom. So let's get into some plot points. Some of them we've already covered. The main one is relationships in this book. Relationships are hard. We have talked about Aurea and her father. And I love that his love for Aurea and his mother can exist along with his his really his prejudices and his brutality. And the POV of him finding her when he set out to go kill her and in a split second changing his mind to love her, this is very emotional. Like tears. Again, couldn't be fully present on a meeting for this. And I will say again, I'm relieved that there was actual love there because I texted Hilda. I'm like, if this man is using her and parading there to be some kind of love there, I'm going to fucking rage. Bridget, I would have texted you, but you weren't there yet. So I didn't want to spoil anything to you in book one. And, you know, we we talked about this earlier. Vincent did his best. The vampires in this world, they're not lovey-dovey. And they throw their children off balconies, which again, to Bridget's earlier point, in the first episode of this series, why even bother having children? You're vampires. You're going to live for a long ass time. You can why? make them. You don't need to have them. You can make them. Yeah. Clearly, cousin, I was about to call her cousin it, <laughs> batshit crazy cousin had the same idea. Yes. And I'm just like, there's, there, I'm sure there's some contraceptive spell we could have put in place to prevent this from happening. And also Vincent murdered his entire family. Because they're a perceived threat. So it makes sense that he'd be super awkward at the emotions of all of this and trying to raise a human daughter that he didn't think he would love, but then he loved. And to Bridget's point, generational trauma through and through. I did have a question. How did her mom actually die? Did he blow up her house? Did we just skip over that point? Like, I don't think he killed her. I think, unfortunately, where they lived was in the middle of a battle. And I think it got destroyed during that. Okay. Right. So he had sent everyone there to do whatever the battle was. And he was intentionally going to like kill the babe and not her because he still loved the mom and the entire place was in rumbles already. And so he thought she was already gone. And then she he heard the heartbeat of Araya. Okay. Because I was like, did he – like, was this just a casualty of war? Like, I was very confused how he got there in that moment when it was just turned to dust. Watch her not actually be dead and her make a comeback. Now there's a plot twist. I want to say if it was to be done, it would have been in this book because the next book yeah, is a has- different couple. Unless she allied with a different house. Could be. Mm-hmm. I have no foundation for this. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, okay, so I'm glad we got that covered. In the flip side of relationships are hard, we have Aurea and Rain. And she has saved this man from death so many times. At this point, it's kind of ridiculous. And the one thing I wish we got more of was a moment, because I think she said this in her head, um, when she was grieving and pissed at Rain. And it would have been, I think, a lot easier if she was like, you know what? You killed my dad. I understand why you did it. And I can get past it. But it was super fucked up. And I think it would have moved their relationship along at a pace that 
maybe wouldn't have felt so stagnant for us as readers. Just throwing that out there. That's no, what I, I would I can have see liked that. to see. But he kept trying to tell her that it it wasn't it's fake like what he's telling everybody else about their marriage about how he's just marrying her to rape her and do like hold her as prisoner so she's still stuck on that and like she doesn't understand that he just said that as a decoy so she can live and he actually still loves her so i did not foresee her actually believing him if he said that anytime soon yeah like she still had to like heal and process what the fuck she had to process which was a lot of daddy issues a lot so many no let's like move on poster child for daddy issues oh sure. for sure an unanswered daddy issue questions mm-hmm. any other thoughts hilda all right moving on to plot point number two the good old family reunion with the crazy cousin plus a side of a coup now uh hilda i saw in the notes you said you adored this and agree on all these following points bridget I know you said this seems so vivid in your head, so I want to talk about that too. Who did you envision for this? Um, who else do we know that's like blonde haired, a little batshit crazy, and really loves her baby dragons? Daenerys. A malnourished Daenerys with her flowy, gauzy dress in like one of the lands where there's the pillars and there's the waters and everything is halfway in ruins, Mm -hmm. and you just have like scattered children everywhere who look like they're semi-homeless but in like formal old clothes it's very weird but it was just there in my head and i was like eh, i can so see we would- i don't even remember if the cousin's blonde or not but i immediately I casted is. her as her and i, I was like she is. that is you and you are her so a daenerys with crazy eyes daenerys yep. in the final episode of <laughs> Game yeah of like when Thrones. she went a little loco she went a little too far a little too far exactly okay okay so I think we can all say we enjoyed this scene because I think up until this point, it had been a little heavy drama. We're dealing with the aftermath of the Kajari and the coup and all this stuff. And now we can do a scene where like, this shit's just fucking crazy. And it was funny to see them as characters be like, this girl's fucking nuts. And I'm glad to know that the good old get them drunk to spill their secrets is a universal tactic because that's what Araya was like, I'm going to use this on her. <laughs> She was, like, so drunk, she, like, popped off her top, like, Araya's top. And I was like, this feels like when you're in college and shit goes crazy. Did you not remember this? No, I do. I'm just no, wondering she what took, college experience you're she talking took, about. She took off her top, not Araya's. She took oh, off okay. her she off, top. She sort of undressed. I think Rain found her and he's like, to is show, she trying to seduce you? She to show took her off- scar. Right. Okay. So that was what it was. But she was getting really touchy-feely with yeah. Araya. And I was like. You guys are cousins. Like, stop this bullshit. <laughs> Can I just uh, say, like, taboo? Who? What? This made me say, what the fuck, but in a good way. Yes. Like, what the fuck is this? I immediately heard that TikTok song. What the fuck? I liked this part because of the crazy, of the insanity. We find out that the tiny children we keep referencing are actually, she went to a she local kidnapped. village kidnaps these children and turns them into vampires so she's got this army of vampire children that i picture as like melancholy little servant people because they've presumably been around for a very long time i feel so bad for them but i feel like they're like old souls like trapped in a tiny human body you know yeah i see that the one you know what where I forget what it was, but the little girl servant is like there and is like giving giving Eva crazy Eva and 
Oriah, like weird looks, like really like you're listening to your cousin type of thing. Like don't listen to her. And I thought that was great. I actually felt bad for her. Did anyone else feel bad for her? The little, the little, wait. No, for crazy cousin. For Evelina, for Eve. Um, Like when she was saying that how, because you know, we we know that she's the cousin and mm-hmm. they are, she's related to Vincent, but we also know that Vincent killed off his entire family in order to become who he was. And so we're like, okay, why, why does he have this cousin that's still alive? And then we're just like, oh, he just left her hair. no. He thought he killed her and then realized mm-hmm. she was still alive, but did not care about her enough as a threat to come back and finish her off. And I said, damn, that sucks. And that's that another one. Why she's fucking crazy. Another one with Vincent daddy issues, even though he's not really the daddy. But she like kept everything the same way for his room. Well, the retelling, I was like, I feel so bad for you. I don't know if I felt bad for her. I was too entertained by her. So like her journey that brought this craziness and at the end of the day she was like an asshole so no oh 100 feel bad for her just in I appreciated little part i was like damn you weren't even worthy enough to come back and get killed that sucks <laughs> that sucks. i appreciated and her. i hate that she spent all that time a little bit i can empathize with the fact she spent so much time thinking like well he must have let me alive because i'm clearly the heir and so when Oh, Rhea is like, ta-da, I have this beautiful tattoo on my neck, a la my dad. She's like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, this man straight up murdered me through my heart. And yet, here I am. Um, So, crazy cousin aside. Again, we learned he murdered basically everyone. His dad, his parents, everyone in this effing village got Because he was like, everyone is a threat. Everyone's going. Crazy cousin Evelina by, she thinks it was Nyaxia's wish is alive not sure i think uh Nyaxi did it for the plot you know what i mean maybe so <laughs> the reason why Ori is there again is to search for the god blood and in doing so she's kind of called to this weird tower why we think evelina is drunk and there's a wall of wings that like blocks this crazy amulet that she has to get to and i was just like did this man cut off the wings of everyone he killed and then stapled them to this wall to hide an amulet? Like, it just seems like a, like, we have Vincent killing his family. Like, that's that's a level of crazy. And then he has cut off their wings? Like, this, we've escalated. You know what I mean? Like, we are past the point of brutally murdering. Now we're just in the disfiguration stage. Daddy's a sociopath. Yeah, that's what I was just getting at. And it was just anyone had like flashbacks to their grandma's house where she has like the pictures with the little butterflies pinned on them, like the real butterflies. No, no, okay, awkward. No, that, that was not a that was not a thing. <laughs> Several picture frames of butterflies. <laughs> awkward. Um, it's okay, it's fine though. I can see the beauty behind it because I've seen those butterflies. Correct. On the I'm, wall. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Bat wings, are we calling them beautiful? I'm not sure. Either the either way, this amulet is sort of a part of Vincent's soul, which comes into play with Simon later on. And we learn that Crazy Cousin has been trying to hack into this tower, thinking again that she was kept alive to be an heir. She followed Araya in, and long story short, Cousin gets melted by Nightfire, and Araya barely scrapes out alive after being saved by Rain. Um, but she gets her amulet back. And then, not surprisingly, again, because no one is excited for Rain to be the ruling king. Um, wait, the wait, nobles- I have something. 
important right here. Oh, okay. Um, this bitch learns to fly. Yes. Correct. Oriah has wings. She has wings and she learns to fly before she gets attacked by her cousin. And then she makes a connection that Vincent never let her back on the balcony because he was afraid she would jump off and fall and kill herself after that one time he took her flying. When in reality, he didn't want her to learn that she had wings. And so last episode, you were talking about how, oh, that's such a sweet father parenting moment. I was like, I already read this part. And I was like, red flag. I know. Red you were flag. like, what part are you at? And I was like, not, not that far, apparently. <laughs> I just wanted a full circle moment here. That's why that I was reacting yes. to that. So yes, because we learned previously that Aurea has her father's blood in her presumably she's more vampire than that lets on and rain basically pushes her off a mountain and is like figure it out bye and pushes her off and then her you know wings sprout from her back so to backtrack after that important part again the nobles take over and there's a coup after they get back we find out it's karis from rain's inner circle that does this but again we spoke about this earlier I didn't get enough time with Karis, so I'm not upset that he betrayed him because I just didn't know him that well, and I also kind of yeah. thought it was Vale, so I was surprised it wasn't Vale, but I'm also like, Karis, I don't care about you. So that. They're all the same yeah, person just, to me, minus Vale and Lilith, because they're married. The thing, the thing too, with Rain is like, it never, it never felt like his actual inner circle, because it was more, I begrudgingly support you because you're the heir but you were always just a slave. So it doesn't it didn't mm-hmm. feel like a a betrayal. True friendship. But, it wasn't like well, Reese and you know, Az and Cass Cassian exactly. there were his thing, inner I think the one that betrayed him and the person who like runs all of their stuff after Vale, like the person below Vale currently, I think they were slaves with him. They were. So I think that's why the betrayal hurt enough for him because they went through that entire situation together and they all loved the old queen that he was in love Lucerin. with as well. Nessanen? Yes. So either way. <laughs> but that's why they justified his betrayal because he was so they afraid of becoming bonded. a slave again. Yeah. They were all fucking But again, I didn't Holy have enough shit. background into knowing that. I feel like some flashbacks to that time would have been helpful. No, we got more information about Nesserin. Now, let's get into the big battle, and I have to sing this like Frozen. Into the unknown. For the god blood. Into the unknown. You're you're welcome. We are singers that will hit a high note. (laughs) I apologize in advance for your ears bleeding. I make no apologies. No apologies. Okay. Hilda's like, what? Hilda's like, Why? I don't think I watched Frozen 2. Come on. Guys, I'm an adult and I don't have children. I have no reason to watch Disney movies. Fair. I was an adult without children and I watched the first one. You're special and we have already confirmed that. I'm convinced Caitlin would be a Disney mom, a Disney person without her kids. Yes, because they serve alcohol. <laughs> am I in the Disney drinkers group? Yes, I am also. See? See? Yeah. Uh, so they go into the unknown. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again for all of your, your years' sake. So uh, Araya is in in the process, and she meets, you know, she's – her dad had given her this ring. Then she meets her aunt who gave her this bracelet, and I think 
now correct me if I'm wrong. Like, what is the third piece of jewelry she gets? So she found it's, the necklace. She, it's a so necklace. here's okay. the way. When she was picked up by Vincent, she had the ring already and he huh. let her keep it. So that was the only thing that she had from her human family. Correct. She finds the bracelet. No. She gets she the finds bracelet the necklace in her aunt. Mm-hmm. In her dad's things and she realizes it's a match. So she puts it on and then she gets the bracelet from the aunt and then she realizes it's, it's all connected through the mom and not Vincent like she formerly thought. Right. And this jewelry set forms a hand map on the back of her hand that leads them to a ruined city in a cave where the presumed god blood is. And at the same time, the two forces, we've got the human, Rasheen, vampire, what's the other one? Hajish? Hajish. Wait, so just really quickly, after the coup, Araya goes and saves Rain. Again? And and they – this is after they do She says this. again, like, he hasn't saved her as many times. I feel like it's an it's even like match. His, I feel like his things are more dramatic than hers. He's like, I saved your back because I stopped that, anyway. like, sword strike. She's like, I, I saved I you from burning you out of the fiery depression. death. Yeah. This is why, whatever, they swim through shit. They meet up with Jasmine. There's a reluctant truce between the Hiage and the Rishan. So they get all their forces together. They go attack the city. That's where they find that Simon has become possessed by the god teeth and yeah. a necklace and that whole gross thing. Araya almost dies. Rain goes nuts. He grabs Araya. He remembers in a letter that he read from her father that there was a town and he goes there and that's where they find the aunt. And then the aunt gives her the bracelet and now there's the map to what we think is the god blood. Correct. Thank you. And that's what get us where we are currently. And so we have these forces of the Hiage. The Hiage, the Rishan. The Hiage, the Rishan, the humans are all marching together. What they think is a mighty force up against this massive other half of the Hiage. Rishan. Rishan, right. The, I'm sorry, the Rishan and the Bloodborne. And they're like, Ooh, our odds are not as good as we actually thought. And so why the battle rages outside, Aurea knows she must unlock the spells that Vincent and her mother left to guard it because remember this necklace came from her mother's line. And we talked about where her hand map. Now, when she gets into the cave, we talked about this, but there are a series of unlocks she has to do. And every time she gives her blood, she's thrown back into a flashback with Vincent. And a lot of them circle around Vincent and her mother, who was a seer. And we don't get a whole lot on their prior backstory, how they met or how their chemistry developed, but it really is him, you know, employing her to set up these complicated locks and and spells and sigils to block what he is possessed, which is the god blood. We don't know how he got it. We just know he has it. And he's like, this power is too much and I cannot contain it. And we have to keep it safe from everyone. And you get different flashbacks of their relationship and how he felt during this. And then eventually that we we don't see this, but we hear it from Vincent's POV that the mom laughed and he's like, well, she's so stupid. I didn't smell my child on her. And how could she have done this to me? And like, he's reconciling these two parts of his brain. He was like, my apparent heir is a threat to me. I must kill her. Cause again, he murdered his entire family. And I also don't want to murder her. Cause she was like kind of cool. And we kind of loved each other a little bit. And so when he goes to the rubble again, presumably lost in some kind of casualty, he meets Araya and in a split second decides he loves her 
He's like, she is mine now. Like, this is my adopted little person and I love her so much. And takes her back with her. And of course, Aurea is in tears and we learn, we get that beautiful line where she's like, he's like, I tried. And she's like, it wasn't enough because he's a broken man who doesn't know how to love because he doesn't know how to love. And all the generational trauma just makes sense in this exact moment in time. Moral of the story there. She unlocks all the stuff. She gets the God blood and moves it out. Now, did anyone else have thoughts on her parents' relationship? Because I wanted to know more about that. I got the vibe that they were truly in love and it was like a passionate, like forbidden romance. And when she got pregnant, she tried to talk to him about it and he started acting like an arrogant asshole. And so she decided to leave. But she did go over there because she found out that he was looking for someone with great power to be able to wield all the things that he wants for his special projects. And that's how they ended up working together. And I think he just like kept looking at her and he was lusting after her and then eventually it bloomed in because they were together for years. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. And so the other vibe that I got was he obviously like he loved her, but he loved his power more. Mm -hmm. And And he was never going to elevate her because she was human. Correct. And again, why he was like, I'm going to go murder this little baby because I love my power more and this little baby's a threat. So I would I would like more flashbacks as we go to that. Now during why really go ahead hoping I was really hoping that one of the novellas would be like their backstory. Yeah, their origin um, story. I thought yeah. that's what the novella was. I didn't realize it was about well, Vale and tension. Lilith. You know what I mean? And I you know we didn't even touch on it, but there are some sexy times in this. And well, do I think they were the greatest? No, I don't even remember other than the like springs dirty water one you know what it reminds me of springs and before they went into the god blood cave it reminded me a little bit of and again i apologize for linking everything back to an sjm book but it reminded me of aquasaf so court of silver flames when we have nesta working through her mental issues and her grief about losing her father and just like coming to grips with her world and becoming a stronger person in the character development from that. But that had some very spicy scenes to break it up where she was working off some of that tension and some anger. So this was Nesta working through all that with no spicy scenes. And also like the banter really helps. Like Yes. Yeah. Builds the tension, especially when you're at that point where your enemies you were once love your first whatevers, and then you were lovers, and now you're enemies again. And like we've had some we, stellar banter here. We needed that build something up. more than there she is. You know what I mean? Like he said that a lot. Every single second. I'm like, I get it. She is there, but <laughs> come on, give me something else. Uh, so why this battle is raging outside, we are inside or she's unlocking all the things. We have the battle raging outside. And again, we talked about this earlier is where the main baddie kind of shifted from Septimus to Simon, who now has grossly like the God's teeth embedded in him to imbue some of this power to his already powerful, noble being. And I, as I noted, he's hopped up on the God teeth in his chest and they have <laughs> also taken possession of Aurea's amulet that she swiped from her crazy cousin that's there like grossly again I thought there's like an open mouth of teeth and then 
like the thing is in it, like a mouth. I don't know. It was gross. It was um, weird. I wanted this battle to be between Septimus rather than Simon because I felt that they were too vague, although generally we have an idea of some shit went down between them. But what happened between uh, what happened between Simon and Rain was like very vague and I didn't understand why they, they hated each other so much. I would have liked to have seen so, more of those horrific scenes, almost like Amarantha like torturing people. We got like bits and pieces of the story a little bit more than like, oh, he did a bad thing. So, he knows what he did. So obviously, I guess when Rain was a slave, you know, he got abused by all of these nobles. Simon was one of the nobles. And and his when, cousin. When they were playing, you know, whose dick is bigger, when Rain became king, Rain ended up killing Simon's cousin mm-hmm. or brother. Was, so, and it was yeah. it was just one it of was those his brother. Like, his cousin was, like, was the king. There you go. It's it was one of those. I'm not going to bow down to you because you were just a slave. So I hate you. And that was part of the coup. Just, I didn't feel like the hate was strong enough. I guess is my point with that. Like I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't feel it. I feel like Simon's not a very good villain name, so I struggled with that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Simon could be a bad person. So there is this epic showdown between Simon with his god teeth and Rain, which ultimately Rain kind of gets. I mean, they both they both have a, a lot of swipes at each other, but because of the god teeth, Rain kind of ends up on the losing side of that. Which brings us to the next point: the goddesses meet up with Araya. So in this last final part point that's the main plot point here we want to talk about is during the battle and desperate to save rain now um you know Araya comes running out of the cave seeing the crazy bloodshed in front of her and realizes that i need to save rain once again and she calls upon nyaxia to come down and makes a um deal with her um so nyaxia graces with their presence and she wants to ask her again for our a corte bond, am I saying that correctly? I'm the wrong person to ask. Uh, That's true. Corte is Yeah, sure. Corte. Something. Sure. Um, the heart bond. Yeah, the heart bond. So this is the bond that uh, Araya originally wanted with Vincent and Rain was vehemently against. But she wants us back because she knows this will ultimately save his life. Nayaxia is a little weird about this. And ultimately she's like, I can't. But someone else can, and I'm going to take that god blood back now. Thanks. Okay, bye. Yeah. And Nyaxia was also like, well, I can't do it because I can't unite these two lines. I kind of like my children fighting. Bitch, what? Right? Yeah. Like, how bored Which are you? Which kind of, I think, Hilda, you said it last episode where you suspected that she was the main villain after all. And I was like, okay, you're yeah, right. No, she's definitely like, she's villain. Well, this brings me to my next point, because she kept saying, she said both in this book and the last book, the dead lovers can't hurt you. And in the first book, I was like, oh, she's just grieving. It's grief because they didn't get a lot of time together. But the way she said it this time, it almost seemed so bitter about it that I'm like, did he do something else? And by the he, I mean Al- Alaris. Her husband. Her husband, her husband which Alaris. is the god that they're like collecting bodies and yeah so it, blood by for from yes 
Um, and I'm like, did he betray her? Like, is he still alive? Something is something is not right there, and we don't have the full story. Which brings me to the next point, because you know I don't usually scroll to the end, but I did see a glossary at the end. And in the glossary, Alaris says, in quotations, is considered to be dead. You know, oh, it's the book thing. Like Jews we don't see and a, finding information for the I team. No, if we don't see a body, this person's not dead. So mm. maybe but we have teeth and blood. Well, also you also. I mean, you can give blood to anyone at any time, and teeth are able to be pulled. You don't need your teeth to live. But also, is this man Alaris just running around with like a gummy smile and no teeth? Because like people, have you heard of dentures? <laughs> just wondering. <laughs> Like, he's just like, hey, nice to see ya. And he's got, like, no front teeth because they're in Simon. How would they have dentures if they don't even have soap in this book? I'm sure there was, like, a soapy water lily somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) Soapy water lily. (laughs) Sorry, that really, really got me in my LOLs. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so he's considered to be dead. So And I felt like Nyaxi was more chill. She's like, "What, what do you have there? Oh, my husband's blood? All right, fine. I'll take it. Like, she seemed way more chill no. about it. No, I definitely think it was her act that you're you're thinking of. Because I think you can see the grief and immediately, like, what are you doing with my husband's stuff? Like, is that my husband? You can tell there was love there. But she's also a bitter bitch. Like, a bitter, bitter bitch. She kind of reminded me of Clara from – that Clara. What's her fucking name? I was getting Maeve vibes. Not Maeve. Yeah, I was going to say Maeve. Definitely not Mommy Orion. Oh, my God. What is her name? Shadow Bitch Queen? No. She's married to you Lionel. T- Are you Academy. talking about the Shadow Princess? Yes. Nope. Not no, she's talking about Lavinia. Lavinia. Oh, I thought you were trying to reference Stella, and I was like. No. Lavinia. And I kind of got this, like, crazy obsession feeling where she thinks, like, she's a Lavinia, and she's like, is that my husband? Like, are those his pieces? Because she can't get to him currently, which I'm like, because he's alive? And that's why she wants her children fighting? Like, I unhinged theory. Um, I mean, I can see that. She, I think I envisioned her, like, the same way I would envision Lavinia, but prettier. I think she's just as fucking crazy. Oh, they're all batshit crazy. So, Nyaxia is a big heap of nothing help. Like, she lost her bargaining chip, so in a desperate measure, Aurea calls for her mother's god. Uh, How do we say her name? Akajia, Akajia, Acacia, Acacia. That's I think how it is. Acacia. Now, Acacia is the goddess of fate, I believe. And when she comes down, and she's like, "Oh, hi! No one really calls my name anymore. Nice to see you." And she's described as having ten-fingered hands. Now, the creepy vibes that this gave me, like I was very, very disturbed by this to the point where I read it like four hand- times because I'm like, is she just saying she's got two hands? Each of them have fingers and they're all t- like a r- normal, normal hands. Or does she have like 10 on this hand and 10 on this hand? You can't see me, but I'm wildly have gesturing. Have you seen the little fingers that you, the little hands you can put on <laughs> yeah. fingers? Yes. Like, oh God, that is so creepy. So disturbing. I hate those things. <sighs> Very disturbing. Very creepy. But the long and short of this as she's like, yeah, I can give you this bond. No problem. I've never done it before. But Nyaxi is going to be super pissed and she's probably going to leave you live for a little while. But she's going to come back and haunt your asses for this. So I, now that you're saying it, I'm like, Nyaxi definitely set her up so she can cause more drama. Yes. 
And so, the, again, we talked about this earlier. The bond happens. Poof. The battle's kind of gone because everyone is freaked the hell out by two goddesses coming down. And then, um, you know, everyone's more in line with them becoming king and queen. They step into their full roles where they are a fully married couple because of the bond. They each now bear the marks of each other's air marks. So where um, – Aureus was in like the her throat region, like her chest region. Now Rain has one, and then she's got the one on his back to mi- to mimic Rain's one on his back. So like they're they're air marked up, new tats for everyone, and they can feel each other's. I want to say like current emotional status, yeah, and when they're near and where they are in general, they're bonded. Each other, they're bonded. Can we just talk about the fact that she was planning to get this bond with her daddy? Like I said in the first <gasps> time, I'm like this is fucking weird. That would have been creepy. That's weird. That's weird. And maybe he's like, look, that's weird. I'm not actually gonna do it, but. No, no, no. He was 100% like, the only way for you to, like, maintain your power of status, like, below me was to connect you to me so no longer you are safe because you'll be sharing power with me. But also, like, you'll never rise above me because you're sharing power with me. But also, like, do you really want to feel all those things from your dad? I just want to make a correction. He is Oriah's dad. He is Caitlin and my daddy. Okay. <laughs> great great correction thank you Hilda, i think for we that. were talking about this You're in the welcome. chat because we were like trying to figure out what music for a tiktok and i was like oh well there's that song that goes like thank you for my dad and i didn't really know if it was dad or daddy and because the original was thank you to my man and you were like um correction he's it says dad so we can't use i was like i don't know he's someone's dad not ours, not ours. just your daddy got it Yeesh. um creepy So that's how this ends in sort of this very ambiguous threat is looming. Septimus is like, poof, vanished. No one can find him mysteriously, of course. And it kind of sets. there he goes. (laughs) Yes. Poof, there he goes, indeed. So this sets us up nicely again for those other series because before I found out about that, I'm like, well, this ends kind of vaguely. But now this makes sense. So there you have the... Second book of Crowns in Nyaxia. Quick the rating. Go. One quick one rating. Out of five stars. I'm gonna say three. Okay, Hilda. Three. Yeah, I'm a solid three. There was a lot that I didn't like, but there was also some that I did. It kind of balanced three. out. It was like a lot you had to get through that you didn't like to get a small payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. It was, it was gonna be like a two star for me until I hit that like literally those two lines that I was like, okay, we're gonna not put it up a notch because that shit was impactful. It was it was tough to get through. I think hitting the crazy cousin, I was like, okay, this is some good entertaining shit. Then hitting the exploring of Vincent characters a little bit more, I'm like, okay, I see it, I see it. So that rounds us out in this book series. I think we said in the beginning of the show that the next book comes out in January, so you can check that out when that drops in 2024, which is crazy because our 2023 calendar of books we're reading is packed and 2024 is readily becoming packed as well but i'll say do not stop dropping us recommendation do not stop dropping dropping my god <laughs> do not stop dropping us recommendations because we are constantly reevaluating and flipping and adding based on how many people are requesting books so please give us the books you guys want us to read and we will see how it see how we can make it work and we um, do have a backlog of 
recommendations from you guys so if you're like oh well i recommended this and i haven't heard back from them like we're trying to make as much time as possible like you guys know we've went from like an episode every two weeks and now we're doing it weekly and we're trying to like knock through all of this stuff so be patient with us because we're trying we're getting through it and we'll get there we'll get there so don't you really worry it's on a list and we're gonna get there now speaking of lists and books and all these other things there was an update that hit the book talk world this week that i want to touch on and i don't want to like toot our own horns but toot fucking toot because we called this shit like i don't know 30 episodes ago and this is the news that JLA is not finishing her series as planned, but instead adding a second book to setting a fourth book. A fourth book. Thank you. I'm like, how am I explaining this correctly? So what would have been a third book to end the series of the, the story Flesh and Fire? Yes, of which the story is story of Nikdos and Sira. Yes, the line of the the line of Nikdos and Sira. Because I remember when we read that last book, we're like, how the hell is she going to wrap up? all of this shit in one book and apparently she also had the same thoughts because she's like i can't i can't do it and so now she's breaking that up into two books well you know how she could have finished it in three books if how? something actually fucking happened in the second book <laughs> what are we talking about we finally met the victor we met the original penelope so fucking annoyed about this it's like we want to move on to new series, but the old series that we started off with keep dragging us back. Zodiac Academy from Blood and Ash. Come on, guys. Let's wrap this shit up because I have other books I want to read. Come on. See, now, okay. As the ever optimist, your glass half full kind of gal, I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is good. Maybe it means we will get two solid good books that are going to move us forward. I already you see the faces. You are really up. I already see the faces. If we go back and review the trends of her books and how we've rated them and all the information we did not receive from the long-ass fucking books that she writes, what do you think that two more books is going to get us the information know. we need to finish yeah. from Blood and Ash? Know. But I appreciate the optimism. I, see I like myself, the good vibes. I see myself being as annoyed with the third book as I was with the second book. And what's even more annoying is that we all pretty much really liked the first book. Yeah. Yeah. I love the first book. You know? And so... Uh, and I like the second book. I think if we don't get a lot of sexy time in the third book, I will riot. Not just like, that, but I need some, like, actual well, I mean, closure like, yes. on some of the plot points you talked about. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Just start 100%. Wrapping this shit up. But if the book is going to be that long... Please, for the love of God, add some spice in it yeah. to get me a long way. Also, I'm tired of these bitches taking forever to go through their cullings. Yeah. yeah. We just like skip ahead like five years later. Culling's like, done. I am cold. I am cold. Look, she just needs to print out like that um, SpongeBob meme. Yes. That's, like 10 years later. Yes. I like that. I am cold. I have been called. Hooray. <laughs> Hurrah. Notify the townspeople. <laughs> So that is the JLA news we wanted to talk to you guys about and see what are your thoughts and feelings on this? Are we alone? Are we alone in this feeling? Are you guys like, no, 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 JLA can do no wrong. I want more of this. I, I want to know what you guys are thinking about this because I remember when the Zodiac Academy did the same series, everyone was like, what the fuck? Again, ever the optimist. I'm like, it's going to be good. This gives them the time to wrap it up. And now I'm on the other side of that. I'm like, ay, ay, ay. So no, it's just more time to fuck shit up. <laughs> it really was. But why not, as we like to say, why it's a not? why not series. Why not add this fucking bullshit? It's I mean, you are the author. Not. It's your creator. 
And again, are we going to read these books? Yes. Of we course are. we are. We're going to see how the series ends because we are not quitters and we're going to see how this goes. And that's okay. You can quit and we'll get you through. No, nope. oh, like, we're going to drag you along with us, baby. Wait, that's so funny you said that. I said that to someone in the TikTok comments. I was like, why. it's fine. We'll just drag each other along. There we go. Same brain. Again, coming back. <laughs> Uh, okay, guys. Well, that wraps up our recap of the greatest news that happened in Book Talk this week about, again, JLA and finish up our Crowns of Nyaxia book two series that was highly recommended by all of you. So didn't hate it. I, I don't want to let, let us say we ended on a hate note. Um, this just was a little bit slower for us. So all that to say, if you guys have thoughts and feelings, we'd love to hear it on, um, please DM us at booktalkmeetme underscore pod. We are on TikTok and Instagram by the same handles. You can find us there and we'd appreciate any thoughts and feelings you guys can share with us. You can tell us you're wrong. You bitches are wrong. JLA can do no wrong. I want to know. I want to know. And really quickly, we're going to have a quick palette cleanser before we jump into our next series and we're going to be reading Cruel Seduction Book five in the yeah. Dark Olympus. Can you tell series. which one of us is not Katie a fan of Katie Robert? Hilda, you like deadpan that so much. The grand exciting news for all of us. Okay, since you've the fir- you're the first one to start it, is it at least spicy. Because that's what I can count on from those books. There's, I, okay, so one I have probably been listening more to books than I usually do. Uh, which is also weird. you listen to books through fucking Alexa. It's not the same it's not experience. Two, I know. Two, I there was potential for spice, but like no, I'm not. It, there could be spice, yes, but I'm not feeling it because I don't like any of these characters. Okay, okay. Well, we'll you just guys have know to see I'm just like we'll go. waiting out for Hera and Zeus. So I know that's what it's going to be. Speaking of, I know I was trying to wrap this up. But if you subscribe to Katie Roberts' emails, like I do, um, she released a Zeus and Hera wedding night on her Patreon account. No, for oh free. no, both free. Was it in the newsletter? In the newsletter, I definitely skimmed that on the way to like driving my kid to speech, and I was like, okay, I definitely I did not. Go I downloaded back and do it. That. I have not read it yet. I'm hoping it is the fireworks that we have all talked about. We'll see. Wait, maybe I'll read that before Kirlin's uh, seduction to kind of like, Set you know, the hype stage. up the series. I don't know. I see. I feel like the things we can count on from Katie Roberts. Before I dive in for dessert because I just skipped over dinner. Yeah. Like, I feel like we can count on a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We're going to be short. We're going to be sweet. We're going to be spicy. What more can you ask for sometimes? Um, but Hilda has thoughts and feelings already. Yeah, just she's to like, like the characters. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Just the plot. Know, I'll the die on like Electric Idol is one of my favorite books. I'm with you. I don't remember his name right now, but he was for a blonde and um, Psyche. That's a good one. I love her. I'm still alive because I would not die with you on that hill. So if you're wondering what we're next, we're reading it. Hilda is thrilled to be reading Cool Seduction, which is next again from Katie Roberts that just dropped very shortly. And she's the New York Times bestseller, FYI. Then clearly people like it. Yeah. It is one of Neon Gods. Neon Gods is one of our top episodes from the entire podcast of fifty-seven episodes. So people love Dark Olympus. I do too. Let's just see if we can keep that love going. 
so following Cruel Seduction, that little palette cleanser, we are doing the Witch Collector series, which again, a lot of you had asked us to do. And we're getting to it. We're checking those off our off our list. So if you've read those, please know that's coming down the pipeline. Those are our next books. So if you want to jump along and read with us to have fresh thoughts and feelings, we invite you to join us. And I think from us tonight, gals, that's it. That's all, folks. That's all we got. And we will catch you next time. Bye. 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 I feel like I had to say it super <laughs>